0: You are Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can find all of my content if you follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can find all of the podcast content at Locked on Packers. And you can find all of the podcasts themselves at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Monday and we are now under two weeks before the NFL draft kicks off. And so we're going to have discussions all over the place about the NFL draft. And we're going to get to some of those. We're not going to do that today specifically. We're going to start the show with a discussion about a player who is very much on the minds of Packer fans lately. And has been a number of times over the course of the last few years we're going to talk about a player who is always on the minds of Packers fans. And then we're going to we're going to close with just a little bit of draft discussion. We're going to start with Des Bryant, who the Dallas Cowboys officially released last week and immediately became one of the players that Packers Twitter could not stop talking about. That flame was stoked even more when Adam Schefter reported Maybe "reported" is the wrong word, but he mentioned the Packers on a list of four teams expected, according to whatever sourcing he had. This was a very strange and and vague report, and "report" might even not be the right word in this case. Adam Schefter said the Packers could be. It's a very. It's all very weird, but basically, he listed four teams that he thought would be in the running for Dez Bryant. Dez reportedly wanted to stay in the NFC East. At first, then he wanted to to be on a team that played the Cowboys this year. The Packers are not slated to play the Cowboys in the regular season. But there was this question posed that I think has to be asked irrespective of would the Packers be interested? I don't I don't have any way of saying with any sort of certainty that the Packers would or would not be interested in Des Bryant. I think given some of the issues that he had in Dallas in the locker room with speaking out, with with being overly demonstrative on the sidelines, with causing controversy in that way, maybe he's the kind of player that Green Bay would steer away from. I I, I don't know. But there is a question, an open question, about whether he would help the Packers. And I, I, to me, it's not a question. Would he make the team, as they're currently constituted, better? The answer, unequivocally, yes. For whatever you think of Des Bryant and however much you think he's fallen off, whatever, however many steps you think he's lost... And he's certainly not the guy he was earlier in his career, in his prime, one of the best, if not the best at times, receivers in football. But for whatever you think he's lost from that moment, he's better than Geronimo Allison by any stretch of any imagination. He just is. I mean, he could have lost 10 steps and he'd be better than Geronimo Allison. He could help this team. And where I think Packers fans and even some Packers media, frankly, have been bogged down is, well, you don't cut Jordy Nelson to sign Des Bryant. And to that I say, why not? And it would be easy to look at them and say, well, a receiver that has lost a step being, si- or being cut so they could sign another receiver who's lost a step. But we need to put that in better context because Jordy Nelson is a player who relies At this point in his career, almost exclusively on on his virtuoso connection with Aaron Rodgers and his ability to get open on second reaction plays and be a force in the red zone. That is what his usefulness to the Packers is at this point. And you can ask, and we have this whole discussion about what is that worth to Green Bay. Their idea was, we're going to move on because we have Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb, and we have this group of guys in the backfield. We bring in Jimmy Graham, and now we have this offense and and can bring in young talent to develop for Rodgers as he goes into the twilight of his career. We assume he can still be in his prime for a couple more years, but let's say they draft a guy this year in the top 100. That is the guy that that can be reaching his prime when Rodgers is potentially starting to show some signs of decline. In three years, four years, Rodgers may still be in his prime. I mean, if he follows the Drew Brees, Tom Brady model, he could still be in his prime. We don't, we don't know what that arc is going to look like. But so it would be easy to say, well, the Packers are trying to go young. But there is also part of this. The Packers front office has an M.O., of just saying, you know what, we're, we're going to move on. We're ready to move on from you regardless of the cost. It was a decision they made with free agents dating back 10 years. This is this is the Ted Thompson MO, and clearly Brian Gutekunst has adopted this philosophy. The Packers didn't make an offer to Morgan Burnett per reports. So it was not about the money. They're, they were just willing to say, we're going to move on. And the Packers decided with Jordy Nelson, we're moving on. Not necessarily because he was going to block the development of a young receiver that they were going to draft, or maybe who was already on the roster, Michael Clark, Geronimo Allison, whatever, D'Angelo Yancey, but simply because it's time to move on from a player who is too old and too past his prime to contribute at a level that that we feel comfortable, whether that is in place of a rookie or someone else, is irrelevant. The move is made to say we're moving on, if you're the Packers. Then every subsequent move has to be judged from the standpoint of the current roster. The Jordy Nelson move, for whatever you think of it, it, has already taken place. It's now irrelevant, given what we know about the way the Packers team build, for them to say we're moving on and then to bring in a player who, yes, has lost a step. He's not as explosive as he he used to be. Des Bryant isn't. But that doesn't mean he can't be useful in this offense. And, And let me put a finer point on it. The things that Des Bryant does well, physicality, tenacity, want to, The ability to bully cornerbacks. That is something that he will have until he's 50. Does he need to get better running routes? Yes, he does. Does he need to get better at the top of his routes? Yes. He brought in a coach specifically to help him with that. A little late, Des, you're 29. But he is 29, not 32. And he is not a player that relies on his explosiveness and his speed in the same way that Jordy Nelson's game does. If all Jordy Nelson can do, I've said this multiple times on this show, if all Jordy Nelson can do is get open in the red zone and get eight yards on third and seven, then a tight end is what you have, and the Packers just signed one of the best tight ends in the league. That makes Jordy Nelson expendable. But Des Bryant can win at the catch point. He can win when he's covered. His game will age better than Jordy Nelson's because... His game is predicated on strength and size and heart. His run after the catch ability. I mean, we aren't that far removed. Let's not forget what happened two years ago in the NFC Divisional Playoff game in Dallas. Des Bryant almost single-handedly brought the Cowboys back in the second half of that game. Now, I understand he's going up against Ladarius Gunter. Hardly the best matchup for the Packers. But Des Bryant dominated that game in the second half. And he is still capable of doing that. He has had a weird relationship in this offense to Dak Prescott. It was it's been very bizarre over the last two years. Because two years ago, when Tony Romo was the quarterback, Des Bryant was still really good. When he was healthy, he was still good. And so this idea that that he, is, that he is now this fully washed receiver is just not true. He can still do things. He can still do the things that make him Dez Bryant. The things that made Jordy Nelson, the, the outstanding body control and the route running and the deep speed, that stuff's gone. He just doesn't have the lateral quickness anymore and the burst to make those plays. And he struggles in contested catches situations. Des Bryant still wins. And so when you're looking at a player who's aging, you can't just say, oh, one aging player doesn't fit when they just jettisoned another aging player. No. You have to look at what types of players they are. Think about the NBA. Certain players' games are just suited to playing below the rim. Certain guys are going to be able to play into their 30s. Someone like Dirk Nowitzki... Because he's seven feet tall and shoots jump shots and has never relied on his explosiveness, he can play into his mid to late 30s. But someone like Dwayne Wade, who relies on his explosiveness and never developed a consistent three-point shot, can't evolve in the same way and can't be productive later in his career. Des Bryant is Dirk. And by the way, he's Dirk five years ago. and, And Jordy Nelson is Dwayne Wade now. He can still make great plays. He can still come up big for you in a playoff game. He can still be big in clutch moments. But he's not a 20-point-per-game scorer anymore. And that that just is what it is. I don't think you have to look at it relative to they can't bring in Dez because he would have blocked the spot from someone else because they were looking at Jordan Matthews. He was going to come in and do that same thing, block a potential spot For a young player. So this idea that the Packers are vehemently opposed to doing that just isn't backed up by the facts. And so we have to take into account more than just these these micro examples and look at the bigger picture and also take into consideration context. It is so critical that we do that. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our pro football focus Edge subscription giveaway. Now is a great time to get an Edge subscription. They have so much draft content, all sorts of charts and tools. They go further in depth than any stat website when it comes to college players. It doesn't matter what you think of the grades or any of those things, the, the stats when it comes to charting and alignment and all of those things, productivity in certain situations. Those are all useful tools that you can have access to. It's a $39.99 value, and all you need to get access is to win the contest, and to win the contest, you have to enter. It couldn't be easier to enter. Name, Twitter handle, in a review of this podcast on iTunes, with a five-star review preferably, and you'll be entered to win.
1: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
0: There have been some discussions among concerned Packers fans about some of the comments Aaron Rodgers made in the last week about the the player moves over the course of this offseason. And Rodgers expressed his regret that Richard Rodgers would not be on the team next year. And he made a comment about not having input in these decisions. Said, I think it's clear players play, coaches coach, coach etc. cetera. Uh, I said this a couple months ago when there was some angry Aaron Rodgers about the Alex Van Pelt stuff. There's a reason players play coaches coach and front offices front office. Because players are generally bad at being coaches or general managers. And we see this with someone like LeBron James. He tries to engineer a roster that he wants to play with And it ends up coming back to hurt him. Whether it's with salary cap problems. Oh, I want Tristan Thompson to get paid. Okay, well, now you're hamstringing your team in another way. The Packers do not need to consult Aaron Rodgers on coaching moves or front office moves. Now, they can go to him and say, what do you think of Richard Rodgers? Does he... he Do you like playing with him? Do you think he's valuable to this team? That input could be useful. That doesn't mean they need to solicit his advice on what to do with that player. They certainly should not be soliciting his advice when it comes to firing a coach. Now hiring one, perhaps. But in no other business would you go to someone. Let's say you're in charge of a company. Let's just say you run a restaurant. And you want to hire a new line cook. And you want to fire the line cook you have. You're not going to go to a prep cook who works with that line cook and say, do you think we should fire him? But what you are going to do is once you fired him and you're going to hire someone or her and you're going to hire someone new. That is when you go to the coworkers and bring them in and say, do you like this person? Do you want to work with this person? It is not up to Aaron Rodgers to decide who the coaches fire. And it is not up to Aaron Rodgers who the front office allows to leave. I do think it is worth it just from a, from a culture and leadership standpoint, to go to the face of your franchise to say, would you like to work with this person when they are a new hire? I think the the coaches and the front office has to be trusted to make the decisions that they make. And Aaron can't feel like he's getting the short end of the stick. He can't feel like he's being left out of a process that he should be involved in. He is being left out of the process. But that's because that's how the process works. That's why they have a process. That is how this business works. And so he doesn't get to be involved. Tom Brady doesn't go to Bill Belichick and say, hey, Bill, I think we should X, Y, Z. And if he does, Belichick does not feel obligated to do what he says. Now, maybe if you want to make the case that that's the reason why they have beef and that's the reason why there's drama in New England, that's fine, but all they do is win Super Bowls. So, I I do think we are, as as observers, as fans, as media, quick to jump on every word Rodgers says, especially someone who is up for the biggest extension in league history, and say, well... This is what he means, or this is a red flag, or he wants to go, or he deserves to go, or the Packers should X, Y, Z. They should make him happy in all of these ways so that he'll sign a contract. That's just not how this works. Rogers is not in charge, and the Packers can't treat him like he is. Rogers is one of those guys who is truly believes he is the smartest guy in any room he's in. And that's, it is both a blessing and a curse for him because in a lot of cases he is. And certainly in a football room, it's going to be hard for me to to think that there are other people who understand and think the game better than he does. But that doesn't mean that he should be judge, jury, and executioner on roster moves. He shouldn't. It's not his job. It's not his role. It's not his right. I I don't think we should be blamed for caring about what he thinks. And I don't think he should be blamed for feeling how he feels. He is going to cape for his guys. And he has always been unafraid to say, I think the Packers should keep this player or get rid of this player. Less of the latter, more of the former. I think they should keep James Jones, he would say. Or I think they should keep Charles Woodson or whatever it is. He has been vocal about his guys over the course of his career. And the Packers have not always listened. And that is their right. And not just their right, it's their obligation to do what they think is in the best interest of the team. Rogers can give his opinion. I, there have been times when I wish that he would just not because it causes drama where there shouldn't be, and because I think he gets a little more worked up over this than he should. He is not the GM of this team, and no one should treat him like that. And no, he doesn't deserve input on the roster or the coaches. Now, should they say, hey, what do you think of Jimmy Graham? Yeah, sure. I think that's that's worth a move. That's worth doing. But you don't call Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, we're thinking of cutting Jordy Nelson. What do you think? You don't have to do that. And you shouldn't do that. It doesn't work that way in any other business, in any other industry. It wouldn't work that way. And even other non-traditional industries. I I understand pro sports is weird, but think about a movie set. If, If the director or the producer wanted to fire an actor on a set, they wouldn't go to the other actors and say, should we fire this person? They just wouldn't. It's not their call. You do your job. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football, maybe the best player in football, full stop. Do your thing. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. This episode is brought to you by Shell.
1: This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is, with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details.
0: We didn't end up getting to the draft discussion that I wanted to have. I don't want to run long, so we will save it. We will get to it later this week. So we'll have a show Wednesday. We'll have a show Friday. And then the following week, when things are going to get a little crazy, we're going to go Monday. We'll have a show Wednesday to preview the draft. And then we'll go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. My dad asked me the other day what I'm what am I going to do during the draft for podcasts and I said it's clear you haven't been listening to the shows all the way through. I have been giving out these schedules. I've been trying to keep everyone up to date with what we're doing, with how we're doing and how we're doing it and and so if you are listening, continue to listen all the way because I'm you have to stay up to date. There's so much great content at fansided.com at profootballweekly.com at AcmePackingCompany.com. I suggest you check it out there. I'm going to be tweeting a lot of draft-related stuff over the next two weeks, so follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. Remember, all the podcast content—if you can't find it or you ever need it—it it is all at LockedOnPackers.com. I want to make it easy for you to stay locked on Packers.